So, let me tell you something that you should have already realized by now about this fucking show you're listening to. This shit is supposed to be for mature audiences. As in grown-ups, mentally mature. It's supposed to talk about adult subjects in an adult frame of mind. It's not fucking that at all. This is two emotionally regressed, broken half-wits pretending to offer insight on movies. All they really offer you is an endless sexual perversion and a laundry list of personal paraphilia issues. You can make your own choices in life, but you have to choose this as entertainment. You know you're better than this. You have to know you are better than listening to Cinema Psyops. consecutive week of cinema psyops and those of you that are doing the math know that that is three away from the full franchise fest that i've already announced which is the 
Juan versus the Ringu series or Grudge versus Ring series, all made in Japan. But we have three weeks to go right before we are going to hit that mark. And this is one of those weeks. So we're getting real, real close. And the guy that's super edging to be watching some Japanese horror instead of this Joe D'Amato flick is my co-host, Matt. Well, I mean, you know, it's 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 us being uh, we're being productive in the world. You know, we're, we're venturing out into the world. We're getting culture. God damn it. Okay. Truth be told, yeah. I saw Joe D'Amato. I saw the title, Emmanuel. And you thought, I thought the same thing when I saw the title. I was like, this is going to be fine. Yeah. It's going to be a Laura Gemsner flick. We're going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah everything's going to be real cool. Guess right. what? Things weren't real cool at all. Things nope. were really not cool. You know, say what you want. Some of these Emmanuel flicks, at least the ones we have covered where the name Emmanuel was in there, have, have had some ultra violent shit. Well, those are the ones that Joe D'Amato has directed. I've noticed in pattern developing yeah. with Joe D'Amato uh, sex films. They are violent sex and they are sleazy. And this film, Manuel and Francois, just may be the sleaziest of some of his stuff. Thankfully, Matt, the version that you and I covered on the Severn Blu-ray does not have longer extended pelvic thrusting and more implied shots of actual penetration, if not shown actual shots of penetration. It was hard to tell from the cutout scenes, but the rape scenes may have had actual full-fledged penetration shots in some of them, um, if what I was seeing is what I was seeing in the deleted scenes. So I'm glad that's at least gone from yeah, this. Yeah, I agree. Um, some of the stuff is pared back where they do cut away from it, but the overall effect of this fucking movie is a serious fucking downer. And not only that, watching it makes you realize how little women's rights have progressed in any way, shape, or form. And it's fucking disgusting because the attitudes that are on display in this film have not fucking changed in 2022. Wow, way to bury the lead. I was I thought we'd surprise people by showing them that nothing's fucking changed for women <laughs> in this world. No, I'm just going to come right out and fucking say it because once we start digging into this episode, people right now are going to probably think that I'm being hyperbolic about it. But You're as, really not. <laughs> yeah, but as, as awful as this shit is and the attitudes that are towards women and the way that the women are treated in this film, I mean, there is a plot line for Last Night in Soho that's not so different from what happens in this film. Yeah, there you go. So the main focus of this is a tale of an abusive relationship. This is pretty much the story of a guy who doesn't want to admit that he's a pimp, that is pimping out someone who is in love with him and is supposed to be his girlfriend. Because and he's shit, he's a shit gambling, you know. Uh, he's just uh, an all-around piece of shit human being, yeah, yes. Yeah, he's got, he's got a gambling problem. Uh, he doesn't have, like, any sort of actual income. He's a failed actor. He, he's pretty much just a failed at everything except for somehow he got a really nice woman to fall in love with him, and then he tore that. Yeah, he basically lives off of her, creates a life for himself off of her, and then the rest of this is the revenge of everything that he does. But the tale of abuse is so much accurate to stories that you hear even now from some of your favorite directors, actors, uh, fuck, news anchor guys, whatever that Matt Lauer motherfucker was. Like, yeah. the things that we see happen in this film and the way that women are treated is not too far off from the story that we still hear to this day. So with that in mind, yes, this episode is going to be a bit of a bummer, but we're going to try and make it not as bad as what you think. But this may be an Too episode, late. this may be an episode for some of you, and I think it bears 
hours to talk about, Matt. This may be an episode for some of you where some of the content that we're going to talk about is going to be a bit much. We're not going to go listen. super graphic with it, but it's a bummer. It's a trigger warning. It's yeah. a trigger warning before you watch this or listen to this episode. Yeah. The content you that things you would ex- that bother you, uh, sexual assault, uh, horrific treatment of women, if that's something that really gets to you, I, I suggest skipping today. Yeah. We're going to try and do our best to work around it, but it's uh, it's going to be a little bit of a slog to get through for some of you that uh, that's going to be a problem for. So yeah, wanted if to let you all up no problem, front. Go back, listen to the Munchies episode. You'll have a great time. <laughs> no, no, you won't, because that episode does not exist. We only did a commentary of it. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Well, go watch the commentary part. You'll have fun. It'll be fine. <laughs> Except that movie fucking blows, so I do not recommend that you do that. Yeah, but at least it won't trigger something. <laughs> I don't know. You got pretty triggered at all the bad comedy in Munchies, but we're not talking about that right now. All right, go listen to one of the other shows. I'm just trying to help. No, I would say just proceed with caution and know that there's going to be some dark content in there, and we're going to try and ease you through it as best we can. Uh, To counteract the bullshit that uh, we are going to be dealing with and the misogyny, I have chosen punk rock with female front uh, singer or all female members of the band. Each of the songs mark a bit of a step along the way, as far as I can tell, for the feminist movement in punk rock. We're going to be going through various eras, and we're going to be stopping in the mid-90s, because that's when it really gets hot for feminism in punk, man. That's when it really starts. There's, like, multiple bands that are working in conjunction, and it's really awesome. There you go. Yeah, so we have that to look forward to. I'm going to try and counteract the bummer, just like I did in White Apache with all of that fucking racism that we tried to warn everybody about before we did that episode yeah you mean the entire movie because the entire movie was all the racism right right we we tried to warn them that we were going to try and work around that as best we could with uh, the episode so trying to counteract it a little bit as best i can and especially in the pirate radio edit for everybody uh why don't we take the break now that everybody's been solely warned and uh we'll do the legion patreon ad and we'll come back for the pirate radio edit with x-ray specs and oh bondage up yours this will keep it quiet oh hi there i didn't see you you call me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for five dollars, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room.
things back up. That's what we got polystyrene and x-ray specs for. Shit did it, man. I have no idea what I'm going to do to try and bring everybody up on the main feed that, you know, aren't part of the Patreon that are enjoying the Pirate Radio edit. But yeah, I guess I tried. Um, take heart in knowing that you won't have to suffer through a trailer. Yeah, there you go. That's nice. <laughs> we can just get right into the horribleness. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about it like through the break in the background, and I just might as well bring it up here before we jump in. This is a Bruno Mattei and Joe D'Amato written sex film, and all of the cruelty you would expect from that statement is there. True. Very all, all true statements. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. I'm Manuel and uh, what, what do we think her, the other it's one's fr- It's either Francois or Francosa or Frank... Frank- yeah, fr- I, fr- I'm, freedom. Her name is Ian Freedom. F. Ian F. The first 20 minutes starts up. We see a lady. Uh, she's getting a photo job done. It gets done early. She's fairly excited. She's going to go home, see her man. Uh, she does some shopping for him, buys some uh, cigarettes he likes, all that shit. She gets home she finds her man cheating on her with another chick and not just cheating on her with another chick but whistling in the dark for the other chick which means that it's a very intimate situation there and more than that this motherfucker then has the fucking gall and the fucking audacity to stand up look her dead in the eye while the other chick's naked still in the bed tells the lady we both knew this was gonna happen and then while the other girl is still naked in their bed he starts packing the fucking audacity of this gentleman holy shit not only is he packing but he's very clearly packing up all of the woman's clothes yeah yeah fuck okay folks if you think that that is just outrageous and how much more of an asshole could you be you better strap in yeah cause... strap in man this this I mean we're gonna go through some shit that's gonna make him look like if if it's only this he's a decent guy Seriously, this was the only thing he did. I don't know what it is. All the other shit. Yeah, the character of Carlo, played by George's Eastman. I don't know what it is about slime bag pieces of shit that George Eastman becomes attracted to want to play. But fuck, he does it so well. Even when he's dubbed, he just comes through and is just so greasy and so awful. And he plays this role a little too well, as far as I'm concerned. Like it almost kind of ruins seeing George Eastman in other movies. Like he just fucking grosses me out so much. Just remember, he just is doing his job here. yeah, actor. I get it. I get it. He, he did it. He did it effectively too. So let's let's at least give him a little credit. Even being dubbed over, he acted so effectively that I hated him. Right, and that's the thing about George Eastman is he is really good at what he does. He may not have been great in every movie, but when he is trying, like in this film, he is selling it. Like you can tell that he feels like this may be his shot or some shit. Like yeah. to really be a dramatic actor because he's really driving the film forward. And his effectiveness at making me hate him just shows how good of an actor he actually is in this. Exactly. Um, well, anyway, then we cut to she kind of walks aimlessly around town. Uh, a few different times she cries, tries to call someone named Emmanuel, but only gets her answering service. Then she's out by the train tracks. She looks and she pretty much, not for nothing, steps in front of the train and she dies. Uh, officials are talking to her sister as they view the body, which is somehow after getting hit by a train, it, it looks like she might as well just drink poison. You know what I mean? That's not that's not a train death. I don't care who you are. That wasn't a train death. She got but, so close to the train, it caused a heart attack, Matt, and she fell dead. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Cool. If that's what we're going to go with, cool. I'll suspend. I can play that game. That's Electrocution fine. on the third rail? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Maybe that's it. I still think she got hit by a train. That's what they're saying, And uh, but somehow she's still fine. Um, <laughs> it's called a budget, Matt, which they clearly didn't have for a mutilated body that was hit by the train, even though they filmed it in the script that that's what happened. True. Uh, so then officials talk to 
this Emmanuel who ends up being her sister, that is our first clip. Was found among her sisters, among her things. In fact, it was the address that enabled the police to locate you. We thought it best to read it, but it's yours. Read it yourself. What your sister writes might go a long way to explaining why she committed suicide. Dear Emmanuel, I read your article in Sunday's paper about the mistakes and the misdirection of certain elements in the women's lib movement. You're so right when you say that women mustn't lose their womanhood. You've got a real battle ahead of you. Remember that I'm right by your side through all of it. I've been feeling great these past few weeks, though being with Carlo is what it always was. He's got problems, as I've told you. He's so uptight about not having any bread. You look great as a Mexican revolutionary. This film's going to do it for you. I just feel it, Carlo. I can't wait to see you on the set like the next James Dean. Oh, no, sweetheart. No, no, I want you to stay off the set. I'd be embarrassed like you can't imagine if I knew you were watching me. Anyway, maybe they'll fix somebody else. You want to be an actor, you got to know people, have connections. And be good. And you're a terrific actor, Carlo. Yeah, go tell that to the director. All he does is look at photographs. So we get Franco to do a huge blow above you and send it to him. What do you say? <laughs> so he can put it out by a swimming pool to scare the pigeons. <laughs> okay. <laughs> can, we talk, can we talk for a moment about how uh, the females in this film are written from a very clearly male perspective? Yeah, no shit. <laughs> An article about not losing their womanhood or some horse shit. What the fuck was that supposed to be? I No idea. No idea. <laughs> All right. So anyway, she reads more of the letter, like I said. And so then the sister goes with her shit boyfriend to the uh, set and there's a producer there or something. He's showing them the lot and then the boyfriend's like, oh, I forgot my cigarettes at the car. Goes back to Red the car. Flag. Yeah, as the producer still shows her around and she's obviously uncomfortable. They're in this building and then the she's like, do you think he'll get the part? And he goes, ah, he just needs to be better at cards and then starts going to town on her. He sexually assaults her. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, he rapes her. Oh, yeah, he, yeah. He he starts, yeah, it's a rape. This is this is what rape is. Um, yeah, he just basically jumps on her. He says her name like once, jumps on her and starts tearing off her clothes. And she looks over with tears in her eyes. Oh, fuck, that is just the worst. And there's the fucking asshole having a cigarette, watching him do it. And he has a somewhat of a guilty look in his face, but also doesn't really seem to give too much of his shit because he continues to drag on his cigarette and looks on. Of course, because Carlo's a piece of shit. Yeah, and the real heartbreaking thing, and I can't believe that that I'm actually saying this, but I'm grateful for the tact that D'Amato and, and company showed, at least in this cut that we watched, where it focuses in on her face and her crying. It holds there for an extremely long time that still makes it horrific and uncomfortable, but at least that's all you see at that point, and it stops. That's true. And it well, doesn't hold on it for an excessive amount of time. It's just enough to really make you feel terrible for her. It, it's just enough to make you really know that shit sucks. Yeah, <sighs> it, it could have been so much more exploitative, but I still don't understand why you include content like this in a film that's supposed to be titillating. Yeah, right. Because, <sighs> yeah, and then that raises another question for me. What is it that these people find titillating? Yeah, if this is what you think is a titillating story, then we have to have a discussion about what I don't want to watch in your film. <laughs> I have another great idea. Go step in front of a fucking train. Um, <laughs> this movie shows that you'll look just fine after you do it. <laughs> Apparently. 
Ah, fuck. Jesus Christ. Way to bring that back with a nice joke after expressing your anger. That was that was nicely done. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, anyway, so, well, we cut back to Emmanuel, and she's still reading the letter, and that is our next clip. We must find that man at all costs and at once. We've got to have your help. There might be something in the other letters from your sister, more information. Certainly a man like that should pay for what he has done. So far, our uh, investigation hasn't produced anything. It seems that your sister was able to lead a double life. As far as we can tell, nobody who uh, worked with your sister had met that man, Carlo. Nobody seems to know him. But don't let me interrupt. Please go on with your reading. You know how much I love him. I can't do without him. And it isn't always like that. He loves me, he really does. In his own way, but it is love, I know it is. He's like a spoiled child who misbehaves and then asks to be forgiven and protected. You're right to hate me. After what I put you through, there's no excuse, none in the world. I never thought it would come to that. That rotten piece of shit. The fact is I owed him money. Why don't you leave me? There's no point in going on. I mean, I'm mad about you, but... I'm not the right man for you. Face it, Francoise. What you went through is... humiliating. But should that matter now? Love matters. That's important. Try to find it. For the guy who deserves you. Without you, I'm a dead man. But you got to leave me. Don't say that to me. I want you, Carlo. All right. So if you're on the receiving end of that conversation, you are being abused. You're being gaslit. Like and a gaslit. Yeah. You're being abused and gaslit like a motherfucker. If oh. you are on the giving end of that conversation ever, you are a piece of shit and you need to change your ways and become a better fucking person. You're part of the fucking problem. Yeah. You may need to see a therapist. No, you need yeah. to see a therapist. You definitely. need to see a therapist and get yourself under fucking control. And if you're someone who heard him speak and you're like, oh, I think he's actually is sorry and I would forgive him. You also need to go to therapy and get help because people will take advantage of you. <laughs> Not sure how much of that we should actually be recommending in either direction. So some of that may get trim trimmed. Let's move on. <laughs> you know what? Just go to therapy, people. Let's just everyone go. All right. We'll, we'll okay. Okay. I'm working on it. Anyway, that's that's the end of that 20 minutes. Jesus Christ. Talk about things that may need to make me go to therapy. <laughs> I know. Jesus. It's just fucking this is terrible. <laughs> Oh, this film, like, I think if this episode's going to be long, it's going to be because of how outraged we are at Carlo. Like, it yeah. just it just doesn't get any easier 20, than this. 20, 20 minutes in, and it's already the fucking worst, and it's not going to get any better. <laughs> no, no, it's already shown you the depths of depravity with which Carlo is willing to go. And you realize that this isn't even the peak to where she's gone to kill herself. This is where she's still deciding to stay with him rather than end yeah. her own life to rather than live without him. Like, that's before the abuse gets quite that severe. <laughs> 
Ugh. Yeah, that's pretty horrific just to think about. Yeah, yep. So, okay, I don't even know what to say. Uh, it's a fucking bummer. I'm fucking sorry. No more, no more D'Amato, apparently. Yeah, no more D'Amato, man. This is... Yeah, apparently. Jesus, fuck. We, we got enough bummers in our lives right now. We don't need any more. <laughs> Particularly of this sexual sanest manner. Yeah, man. It's just... All right. Let's start with the next 20 minutes. We're at a horse race uh, farm. Like a horse race. Like, it's where they raise horses for racing. Like a fucking derby or some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she's giving instructions to one of the guys who's watching one of the horses I think she bought that she owns. And she actually sees... Carlo there. She asked the guy about him, and the guy was like, oh yeah, he's you know pretty much saying he's a crook, and he's a, a swindler, and he's a cheat, and all this kind of shit. And she's listening, and well, uh, then we, Carlo, he's sitting there, and he's bullshitting some motherfuckers like he knows anything about horse racing, which the other two guys he's with talking to was like, you don't really know shit about anything. Which was fun to watch, where people are yeah. calling him on his bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he doesn't. Carlo is the guy who likes to pretend he knows a lot, but he obviously doesn't. He always loses. He never wins. He's a loser. And then he gets out of trouble by allowing people to sexually assault the woman in his life. Yeah, he uses people. Still a loser. Yeah, he's a big fucking piece of shit, and he's a fucking loser. Yeah. So, anyway, um, he sees Emmanuel, and he tries to lose the game, but she ain't having it, and she just leaves, and so he gets in a car and follows her, because that's the kind of sick motherfucker he is. Okay, uh, that so is some sh- stalking and yeah. predatory fucking behavior, for sure. She showed him She showed him no interest. Yeah, there is no reason for this at all, other than to force your will in some way upon someone. Yes. She doesn't want you to know any Anything about her or be around her, yet you follow her home so you know where she lives. Mm-hmm. Exactly. She goes into her home and she gets changed, and we get a we get a thank you movie out of this, right? I mean, I mean, she is comfortably naked in her own home. It's kind of one of the only thank you movies you really get. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, she reads more, uh, uh, like from the letter, and apparently, shit stain. We see a flashback in which he's playing poker with two guys. Uh, he loses a big hand, and uh, we. See See, she is innocently what looks like to be scrapbooking or, or, or something. It looks and like she's cutting out some various proofs of some of her yeah, shots. Like there you go. She's going through some of proofs of her shots and she may be clipping out okay. her favorite ones or something like that. Well, the guys look at her and the one guy goes, hey, if you want your money back. Uh. So anyway, the guys leave and he starts making out with her and she's like, oh, and she thinks this is great until she looks and the two guys are coming back into the room and all of a sudden Carlos just holds her down and she screams as the two friends walk into the room. Again, luckily, they don't show anything, but he pretty much, he holds her down to be raped by his two friends. Uh, well, what's really bizarre is in the extended cut, like, he basically rapes her in front of them, and they watch. Oh, well, okay, I, I, I don't know. I was just doing what was implied here. Right, right. Well, thankfully, they cut away, but, like, in the extended scenes, like, he basically flips her over, and it that it's implied that he anally rapes her for them to watch and enjoy. Like, that's what they decided they wanted to pay for i guess oh yeah my. which yeah it's even fucking worse right yeah I, I don't know how it got worse but it just fucking gets worse yeah i really wish i wouldn't have watched those fucking deleted scenes my man <laughs> yeah I, i'm glad i didn't uh yeah i'm thankfully that is not in the fucking movie because it would yeah. just be it just it wouldn't 
even be oh, worth watching. If that watching. was in the fucking movie, I'd have been done already. I'd have been like, well, we're going to be a short review because I ain't moving forward with this horse shit. Yeah, uh, that's justifiable because if I would have known something like that was in the movie, I wouldn't have obviously, you know, added it on to the docket. Yeah. Um. Thankfully, it's not. It's not. So we get to move forward. So they shot the Yay! footage for it, though. That's the thing you got to know, people. They shot the footage for it. It, was, it existed out there in some form. So you at least have to know that. Cause we are we what are what are we doing? Oh, fucking Jesus! All right, never mind. I, I don't I'm fucking gonna have a heart attack. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't try to understand it. Don't try to rationalize it. It was sensationalist exploitation at its sleaziest for even Joe D'Amato, my man. That's the only way yeah. I can describe it. Uh, well, later on, uh, Manuel goes to like this nice little, little it's like almost like a what I would call a restaurant. And she's getting a drink, and uh, well, we see Carlo and another woman are there, and he sees her, so he goes up to her, and they're having a drink together then uh he's like hey this place is kind of boring you want a guy here and she goes yeah and they're they're leaving and the other lady's kind of pissed but she's whatever um yeah they are leaving and he's like your place or mine and she's like neither we're gonna go swimming uh so they swim for a bit and after they leave the ocean she he goes to do something and she takes off in her car that has his clothes as he chases she dumps the clothes out and leaves um and so then we cut to later now. We're even later at night. It's a nightclub. Uh, Emmanuel shows up. Uh, there's a girl who's just dancing, and she decides to remove her top. She does this of her own free will. So thank you, movie. <laughs> yeah, there is that. So anyway, uh, Carlo is there, of course, and they uh, start dancing, and he's kind of, you know, he, he's obviously for, uh, forgiven her, and so they dance. That ends that 20 minutes. Oh, brother. It's a pretty long-ass movie for the subject matter we're having to deal with here just to say yeah it's like an hour and 40 right yeah give or take um i don't really like what else is there to add i mean the plot is all right there this is pretty much just a straightforward drama you know and basically what we're watching unfold and basically the thing that i started warning you at was here at this scene where it's implied that he holds her down so that the two gentlemen could rape her in this version of it yeah it's Um, something like that Right. Um, so, I mean, I texted you right when that happened, like right yeah. a- right after that scene. I, I was I was already well beyond that. <laughs> yeah, right. I you was, had, you clearly started it earlier in the day yeah. than what I did when we were getting ready to do this. Uh, WrestleMania so. was on at night. I had to get that done so I watched WrestleMania. <laughs> well, I'm glad that WrestleMania failed to bring it, you out of the funk that this movie put you in. I'm sure it's it did. It saved me a bit. It saved me a bit. I was uh, I was happy. <laughs> I, I had something to look forward to. <laughs> I jokingly said failed to bring you out. Oh, of the failed. Funk. <laughs> no, well, I mean, no, no, I got out of it. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you found a way to enjoy WrestleMania because apparently some folks didn't. Uh, you know, really? Well, that's weird. A lot of people I hear talk liked it. Oh, well, that's good. It's definitely more fun to talk about WrestleMania than this movie. This, yeah, this movie, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, we're not the wrestling podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, after this, we just might have to be Res- Wrestle Psyops. Wrestling Psyops. <laughs> Kayfabe Psyops. Kayfabe Psyops. <laughs> We're going to tell you about how the shattering to kayfabe ruined it for everyone. <laughs> Let's just move on to the next 20 minutes. All right. Well, the next day we see Emmanuel's walking around. And she buys drugs from a guy. Then um, she is painting and she is topless and she's painting a woman topless. And we see she's doing a self-portrait of herself. Uh, can we just talk about how that is very clearly either pastels or colored pencils and nothing wet and or paint yeah. that is being done. And she's just pushing a paintbrush over top of it to convince us that she is painting it. No, you're not wrong at all. <laughs> can I also just say that I had to rewind the scene to make yeah, sure 
that that's oh, what I that, was seeing. Oh, of course. Even on my projector. The only reason you would. Yeah, of course. Right. That's I the mean, only reason you would. Well, no, I mean, because I was looking too long at the painting, so I needed to re-enjoy yeah, the scene no. after I confirmed. I don't believe you're lying at all. <laughs> There's so little to actually be able to fully enjoy in this movie. No, this is one little thing you can enjoy. Um, yeah, I like the actually the way the uh, actress was being expressive with everything. It's not her fault they gave her a colored pencil drawing and said she was painting. Listen, man, I wasn't really quite paying attention to that part, so it looked like she was painting to me. And it, uh, she, every, you know what? Everyone in this movie effectively does their jobs, even through a bad dub. At least it's some decent acting. Yeah, and I actually really enjoyed this character moment for her because you see her relaxing and you know doing something that she enjoys and sort of, um, sort of celebrating her own figure in a way too. And it's it's kind of cool to see her be so strong and independent after yeah. all the horrific stuff that we've been through. It's kind of an upside. And the actress does an excellent job. And it sort of signifies somewhat of a mood change in the film to where, yes, you're still going to see a bit of a bummer, but this is where I was like, I think we're getting a bit of a revenge story. Because I didn't read shit about this movie. I just started it when yeah. I started watching it. And then when I ripped it, I to, for you to be able to watch it, I didn't read shit about it. I just took the title down and sent it on its way because this was part of a package that I bought from Severn Films. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's these package deals is where we're getting in trouble. <laughs> well, what I need to do is not include it on the show just just because it came along with a package. I need to at least pre-screen it or read up on it before I subject you to it, you poor bastard. Yeah, I agree. That's a that's a that's a good decision. Um <laughs> Right. You're doing smart things here. Um so anyway, Carlos comes uh Carlo comes by and uh she uh she says she's gonna go change. He goes cool, and he makes himself a drink, and then all of a sudden the drugs must have been in some of the booze uh that she had out, uh, because he starts really losing it and and he passes out. We'll see Emmanuel. She turns this fucking shade on a lamp. And all of a sudden, uh, a mirror slides. It's a secret room. Yeah, she it's padded it. and it's yeah. it's like silent, so no one can tell that you're back there. Even yep. even with the see through mirror, that you can see everything that's going on. This is like a Marilyn Manson abuse chamber. Yeah, it's really kind of fucking weird. Uh, why you would just have one arbitrarily in your home? But I guess it works out for her at this point. I mean, um, if you had something like this in your home. You very clearly have some desires that I do not fully understand. And I just hope that when you are practicing said desires, your partner has given you consent to be in a room like that. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, well, anyway, um, she uh, chains him up. And uh, as she's cuffing him, she's thinking of the note that her sister wrote. Uh, one of the notes her sister wrote. And she thinks about it. And that's our next clip. After months of silence and cruelty, Carlo acted as if he had just fallen in love with me for the first time. <laughs> He brought me flowers and took me out to dinner. But something was bothering him. I could feel it. What's wrong, Carlo? Nothing. I have the sensation I did something wrong. Want to talk about it? You're imagining it. There's nothing to talk about. Hey, waiter. Another bottle of wine, please. You're trying to get me drunk, huh? Mm. It'd be like that night you came back from Paris. You recall that night? Sure, I do. I love you so, Carlo. I've been thinking about us for a long while. I was really convinced you didn't love me anymore. And I couldn't bear it. But now, my attitude has entirely changed. I'm so happy. I want the whole world to hear it. You're listening to me, aren't you, Carlo? I'm listening naturally. Here's the wine. <sighs> I love you so much tonight. I feel I want to do something crazy for love. 
Would you do whatever I wanted? Anything. Really? No matter what I ask you for? Naturally. Put me to the test. <laughs> no, let's forget about it for a while. What's wrong? Carlo, are you afraid? <laughs> I can't keep secrets from you. I'm in trouble, Francoise. I'm in for large amounts of money. I tried pulling myself out of it, but I can't. The pressure's on. I'm frantic. I owe... I owe three million lira. And those boys will stop at nothing. They want their bread. They have to kill me to get a hold of it. But, Carlo, we must find a way out. Maybe they can hold off. They'll get their money sooner or later. It's no good. I've got to pay now, and that's it. Those finks want their money, and I've got to get it. Or else... It'll be the end. What does that mean? I don't understand. It simply means goodbye. But, darling, maybe we could sell something. The automobile. We could pick up a little with my gold jewelry. With a little bit of no. luck, maybe we'll be able to do it. No. Nobody can find a way. Even if we pawned as much as we possess, there still wouldn't be enough money. But there is one way out of this mess. What? Oh, the fucking montage. Yeah, and, uh... This montage is, um, well, it's fucking worse. It's a montage uh, of her and doing her photo shoots, which she has always done, but then mixed in with her uh, uh, in porn. Yeah, but so. it appears that her photo shoots that she has always done are actually started at this moment where she's doing nude modeling and pornography to feed him and his yeah. habits. Yeah, but I mean, because she's always talked about she has done pictures before all of this. So uh, I thought it was like to show the like, what made her happy was taking like doing her modeling work and then uh, splitting in then she had to also go do porn to pay off his three million lira debt yeah. by the way whoever wrote this really loves the term bread for money that's like the second time they've used that or whoever dubbed it and wrote in the word bread yeah yeah yeah, yeah. they really liked using the word bread um <sighs> yeah let's just well i'll save it for the 20 minutes it's fine all right yeah we're almost there um so then carlo he wakes up he's chained he's in the room uh uh, Emmanuel does a little strip tease for him uh, during this moment. Uh, do, do we thank the movie for this? Because she's, she's doing it to him. Okay, but she's doing it because her idea to torture him is to chain him up to where he can't do anything about it so and then constantly it. taunt and tease him. Yeah. So, so this is her to, torturing him, but like this is her getting nude for his titillation. So that's the end goal is her titillating the audience that to, is unable to, to touch but her. But it's to torture him. Yeah, but so if you, if you, I, I mean, we should all be for him being tortured. I mean, yes, but no at the same time. <laughs> what? I'm all for this guy being tortured. Right. I'm all for him being tortured, but like, I'm not comfortable with enjoying the sexuality with which they're trying to torture him. God, you're, not, you're not enjoying, maybe maybe it's problematic in the way they have decided to torture him. Right. Like, right. Uh, <laughs> this is, this is, we're in that, we're in that gray area, man. It's real murky in here. Well, here's the thing, right? I'm enjoying watching her do this because of course, because that's the actress doing it for the camera. But there's a certain level of, um, and I'll talk more about it in the 20 minutes, but there's a certain level of the things that Joe D'Amato's character witnessing mm -hmm. um, through the mirror that I think is in certain ways maybe trying to be 
indictive of the audience of the type of person that would come to watch this movie um, because he's seeing and unable to touch and frustrated by and tortured by the same titillation and eroticism that we as an audience are so, and he's seeing it the same way we are behind a pane of glass. Wait, wait. So is the actor the same as the director? No. Oh, okay. Because you said Joe D'Amato and I'm like... Joe D'Amato's I, the uh, director, the actor who is chained up is George Eastman. Gotcha. Okay, that's what I thought. Alright, yeah. I'm sorry. The way it was worded there at first, right. I thought you meant Joe D'Amato was also the actor. I was like, oh, really? No, huh, no. Do that shit. No, but he, he, the character George Eastman is playing yeah. uh, Carlo. We are kind of seeing things from his point of view in a lot of this eroticism that's coming up. And I want to state that here because when the 20 minutes hit, then I'll talk about it more. Alright, alright, alright. So anyway, um, then they talk and that is our next clip. What do they pay you to lock me in here? Is it about those pictures? I had nothing to do with that deal. If you think I had, you've been taken. You bitch, answer me! Answer! Kill me if you want to, Carlo, but you'll starve to death, I promise. Nobody will look for you in here for weeks. You're helpless. It's impossible for you to break those chains. I'm telling you, it's unpleasant to die of thirst. Starving's more pleasant. But without water, your control centers don't function anymore. The pain is hideous. Two days and you'll beg to die. Wow. Yeah, that's why I included that in there, because it's a short clip, but man, does that cut it satisfying to think about him dying slowly. Which is why uh, she has set up this entire situation. Yes, All right. now that's the end of that 20 minutes, by the way. Okay, yeah. Now, what we're kind of digging into here, and what we kind of I've alluded to is, the rest of the film, the idea that she wants to do to torture him, is to basically make him extremely sexually frustrated, where he's going to witness some serious eroticism and her indulging in whatever sexual whims she may want, specifically specifically to taunt him in what she's doing. And the way that she's doing that is he is separated and tied up and will never be able to participate whether he's invited to or not because he's behind this pane of glass. And I kind of feel like maybe that's a little indictive of the audience because we only get to see this kind of eroticism projected on a screen or behind our TV screen. True. These are, yeah, all these are true. Does it feel like to you then that the way that they're doing this, where they're trying to basically state the kind of person that would watch this movie that they're making is basically Carlo. Are they basically telling you you need to re-examine your life because you're like Carlo by liking this kind of eroticism? Or do you think they're not thinking about that in any way, shape, or form and they just wanted to lock him up in a secret fucking room to be tortured and tormented? I think it's I think it's definitely the second one. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. I, I hate to burst your bubble because I, I want to think the best of people too sometimes, uh-huh. but that ain't that, that just ain't the way it is. <laughs> you know, I I sometimes Matei will come up with an idea like that and it will be so ham-fisted and so obvious. Like, this seems like it would be if that's what he was trying to do. But, yeah. But, like, if that is not there, that makes this that much more hollow and fucking lousy. And that's why I think I I, I think that you're right. That's like, it's just, it is hollow. And it is lousy. <laughs> that's such a fucking bummer, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> 
there's a lot of potential in what this film could be where we're at here like this stuff with carlo being tortured for what he's done um we didn't need to see all of the horrific shit that was happening to the sister they didn't need to keep doing this we could have just to have it where he turns her into forcing her to do porn and nude modeling when maybe that wasn't the type of modeling that she did and the way that they have this playing out of line she seems awfully young whenever the sexual assault with the card player guys that are there is happening like are they implying that he picks her up as like a teen because like she's really young and like she's like laying on the floor with her legs in the air and act or are they just trying to make her seem really sweet and innocent i think they're trying to make her seem really sweet and innocent. And it's just the way that it was that portrayal felt really infantilized and kind of was more disturbing to me i'm sure that was the whole purpose for it but i think it's just that that's why it was to make her seem more innocent and sweet not to portray her as even younger kind of thing yeah, yeah. okay because just i mean i wouldn't also put that past the film to go that dark either you know like i just i I wouldn't either but i don't think that's what they're doing okay well that's i was wondering if that may have been the case but i am also starting to at that point when i'm starting to look at these elements to try and find something to actually talk about um i'm also starting to question whether or not things have a darker purpose that i'm misunderstanding or not and that was one of them and that's why i wanted to bring it up you know because like that would just make it even more tasteless like the idea is that he basically groomed her from like a very young age which he pretty much still did obviously i mean it's still, i Be- think he still did it's just that i don't think they met i think she was a somewhat of a naive young lady uh who unfortunately met a fucking dick bitch fuck boy who took advantage of her kindness and love because she loved him they kind of imply that she grew up and grew into more mature modeling while dating him still so it seems like maybe she had just gotten like a you know like early 20s late teens modeling gig where it was fairly innocent you know just like fashion modeling stuff or whatever and then after being with carlo and the various sexual assaults that took place he then just convinced her to go into pornography and nude modeling or at least erotic modeling of some sort well, we in know a later the, year in her life. Yeah, the pornography was definitely to help pay off his debts. Yeah. So right. that's when she got into that. And uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just, but the, it's all fucking terrible. There's, um, there's a lot of stories that are like this, where it is stories about a man basically seducing an innocent woman into a life of sexual servitude and abuse like this. And they're tales that are sold almost as if they're also supposed to be an erotic tale. And yeah. like that kind of a bummer of a story I just don't find erotic personally so it's just not for me yeah it's not erotic at all it's fucking yeah it's not for me in, in the least it's a tale of fucking abuse with yeah it's abuse it's it's rape yeah. it's sexual assault it's yeah it's all the worst fucking things in the fucking world and yeah and then they they want to try to sell it to you as being eroticism and it's 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 not and again it makes you wonder why do you think this should be sold as erotic yeah yeah why why, why and, and if people do watch it as erotic jesus christ yeah you know? why i just i don't why? understand why why are you finding that erotic <laughs> let's move on thank you um all right the next 20 starts uh we see carlo finally breaks down starts eating some food like a madman and then we see um Manuel, she uh she fucks up her car on purpose to get it fixed and then the mechanic comes over to talk about it she fucks up carlo's car on purpose yes to get it fixed. that's right i'm sorry it's, it's carlo's car you're right and as they're kind of sitting there uh she she brings the mechanic into the house and she accidentally like spills stuff on him and she's like hey let me just get your clothes off and he's like whoa what the the fuck no let's 
not do this. He's this like, is pretty much assault. She will not take no yeah, for an answer until he just she, basically starts getting into it. This is also assault. It's we're running a heel program here, except for the 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 the, the only victim, the one who's gone. <laughs> it's a heel program. Pretty much, yeah. Holy Jesus Christ. Okay, um, I understand the idea of what people thought seduction was like in the 70s yeah, where you could just yeah. keep pushing and not take no How for about an this? answer. This doesn't age well. No, that's. I understand that that may be the concept that they have here yeah. with her seducing him, but like, Jesus fucking Christ, the way, amount he was saying no and the more that she persisted and stripped his clothes from him while yeah. he's saying no, this is sexual assault. Yeah. Well, anyway, she gets him naked and she starts blowing him. All the while, Carlo is is watching so then later on we see emmanuel's at the pool and who else is at the pool the woman that carlo was with all time well she comes up to emmanuel and that is our next clip got a light of course thanks not at all mind if i ask a personal question go on something i was wondering about I'm a reporter. I usually ask the questions, but go ahead. I'm not going to waste your time. What can you tell me about a man called Carlo? I'm afraid the name doesn't register. No? The man you danced with at the Riviera Club a week ago. You looked like old friends. Oh, yes, I'd forgotten. He was just a casual acquaintance. Nothing else. Strangely enough, he's disappeared. He and I live together, and I'm pestered constantly with his creditors. He unfortunately owed money right and left. I wouldn't worry about him, believe me. Carlo's the type of person who's apt to disappear. He plays around with women, then he drops them. It's a game. But if he loves you, he'll come back to you. Think so? <laughs> Naturally. Lots are like that. We put up with their pranks. But in this case, you'd manage to find somebody to take his place. No, no. All he wants is to get me into bed. He's one of them. Most of the men I know are like that. They're really after one thing only. Carlo made that very impression on me. Often I don't know what to feel. I think men are repulsive. That's very true. All they want is to have their kicks. They don't care about a woman's pleasure. Time we were introduced, my name's Mira. That's very friendly. Emmanuel. I was wondering about something, Mira. What do you think? I do portraits now and then. It's nothing serious. Painting is just my hobby. I'd love to have you pose for me. If you're willing, I could pay you something. Really? You would? I'd like to. Hello there. Nice to see you, Mira. Am I late? You're right on the dot. Come in. I brought a friend, Pamela. Wonderful. The two of you can pose for me, all right? Pamela's really beautiful. You can make wonderful paintings of her. Mira. It's the dream of my life. I've always wanted to be a model. Fine. I'll pose you together. Something gentle and delicate and very feminine. Mira, have you heard anything from Carlo? No, not a thing. Actually, I don't really miss him like I used to. I've got a new circle of friends, like Pamela. I think you're right. Men can be repulsive. Have you and Mira ever made love with another woman? No, but it's a thing I want to try. It's something completely new and different. Men can be so terribly brutal and cruel. The woman just lies there passively. But a woman knows how to give pleasure to another woman. Tenderly, but passionately, completely. You go beyond the limits of ecstasy. 
Sounds marvelous. You're a wonderful woman, Emmanuel. Oh, not really. Nothing special. I try to live totally with my whole being, without inhibitions. I'm free. I'm not afraid of my emotions. I want you to be as honest and free as I am, Pam. Well, this also constitutes probably the only other thank you movie because this is all yeah. very consensual that these ladies are doing. And these three ladies get down. They 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 get down. And uh some some scathing, scathing reviews on men. Not unwarranted, just scathing. Also not inaccurate in the most part. Yeah, I'm just saying, not inaccurate, not 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 unheard of. I'm just saying there was scathing. <laughs> Yeah, there's really not even a point in trying to do that not all men quote unquote argument. Just fucking live it and don't fucking say it. Fucking yeah. Why do you have to say it? Jesus Christ. Yeah. If you have to say it, clearly you're not living it. If you have to say it, clearly you have problems already that you should probably attest to yourself there. <laughs> but anyway, the scathing review of the disappointment of what women find with sex with men. Yeah. Um that was clearly written by men, so this is the one thing that this film is definitely aware of apparently <laughs> this film's like yeah we're well aware we suck this seems like it may be an apology and a suggestion to the ladies in the audience you should all leave together and go have a yeah. good time yeah right get out of there um <laughs> something right yeah right carlos while he watches he uh laughs and then starts crying he's starting to lose it uh later on emmanuel has an argument with her drug dealer dude uh she then throws on music so carlo can't hear anymore uh and then later on she takes some of the drug she got and injects Carla with it and that's the end of that 20 minutes leading into the final 20. All right, I'm starting to also question how this is a torture because what she's subjecting Carlo to is a lot of really great entertainment and she's feeding him and she's giving him drugs. But he doesn't want to watch. Carlo in his mind thinks he should be in there. Participating. That's why it's torture. Right, but I mean let's just also, let's just also, let's step you'll back see from, at the end why it's torture too. Let's just step back, right, from from Carlo and his desires and all of that kind uh -huh. of stuff. And let's just think about the situation here. You're chained up in an isolation room, you're being given drugs and food every day, and you're being forced to watch as this woman seduces everyone that comes to her door. But I don't think you're being fed every day or fed drink every day. Because he is starting to lose it. He's highly dehydrated. You see that here in a bit. Well, so, I, th I think she did that on then, purpose because he kicked the first plate of food. She said she wasn't going to feed him anymore. Yeah, but then also put it into this realm. You're, that's you thinking how great does this sound. You're Carlo, who everything about him is, you know, fucking and being a man and all that kind of shit. Whatever, you know, toxic masculinity you can put into. Carlo thinks that's what he is. And now he's being forced to be chained in a room and only you know watch people do things that he thinks he should be doing okay including yeah. with his now current whatever girlfriend or whatever so yeah right okay okay still i feel like this isn't for that you, much of a yeah, fucking torture a, yeah, yeah it, it's gonna you know for you i understand that for me too you know i'm like all right, i don't know how bad this is but it's 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 bad enough <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying, Matt, is do you have to be chained to be in this room witnessing this stuff? Or no, are you I mean, willing to I, sit in the a, isolation booth with your drugs and just watch? Just give me some 
drugs, you know, maybe a like a like a, like a thing of lemonade or something, and then uh, yeah, just some drugs and a burka lounger. That'd be nice. I mean, yeah, I'm fine. I'm sound as a pound, man. And we'll do this again next week. Yeah, I mean, I'm just everything's great. <laughs> this is literally the only levity that I can think of in this film. Like that's I dove on that to like make. Yeah. To, I mean, I've been trying to get us to be able to make those references, but yeah, no, I get where it's torture for him and i just don't understand what all of that they're implying that she's doing for torturing him i'm guessing that she just decided that since he attacked her and he didn't eat the first round of food that she was bringing she wasn't going to bring him any other food and that was it and so now he is suffering in that she's not giving him food or drink but she is drugging him i thought that whatever she was drugging him is what's like slowly eating him away and killing him but she is still feeding him yes but i still don't think it's what she's injecting him with it's probably all that healthy or probably all that at a correct dose either so he's also starting to lose his mind. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that she's juicing him up with like enough fucking fentanyl to like kill an elephant, sure. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like she's literally um, trying to poison him with fentanyl, but he's George fucking Eastman and like the inc- ever increasing doses just don't do anything. That's why she's arguing with her drug dealer because he's like, you are giving this man that's locked behind this wall enough fucking fentanyl to kill an elephant. I don't know why he's still alive. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> because he's George Eastman, she says, and he goes, well, holy shit, you better well, triple that dosage you didn't tell me that's who you're giving this to you're wasting your fucking time <laughs> george eastman is apparently immune to fentanyl why don't you just switch over to the straight strychnine yeah right jesus christ ah all right well the final 20 yes finally uh we're, we're emmanuel's having a dinner party it all looks normal um, and then all of a sudden they start eating raw meat off a plate with their hands, the bare hands, start grabbing it, chewing it. Then Carlos watching, uh, from his room and to him, it looks like they're all eating human body parts. So his brain is really starting to fuck with him as, as well as the drug. Well, he's, his hallucinations are going in steps where, uh, first yeah. he sees them at a dinner party and he starts kind of getting a little under, then he sees them grabbing at raw meat. Then he sees them like trying to eat what looks like actual internal organs of human beings. Yeah. And feet and hands. Other various body parts like guts and things. Yeah. And then like sometimes the limp women are topless while this is happening and sometimes so, not. And then also people underneath the table are starting to get handsy with one another. Um, so much so that that would almost be a thank you movie if it wasn't tied in with all the other weird cannibalistic yeah. stuff, which I was then, still kind of into and kind of worried about. And then Carlos sees what looks like them raping Emmanuel with a champagne bottle, like the whole group holding her down and using a champagne bottle on her. That's when you but realize then, that you're so in this man's fucking fantasy world and yeah, that's how fucking exactly. sick he is and then the vision of all the women coming into the room and he's like still chained but nude and they're all like all over him like making out with him and everything but then it pretty much cuts back to just him you know in his clothes that he's been wearing chained up and he passes out and then we see it was all in his head because all these people are still just eating dinner no nothing's weird happening everyone's just eating dinner enjoying themselves carlo's head is fucked up and i don't like going there and the movie's gonna put us in there a couple times now yeah the next morning emmanuel wakes up and she there's a dude in the bed and he's like hey good morning sweetheart and she's like hey get the fuck out of here so she sends him packing and then she gets up and just stares into a mirror she might be starting to wonder what exactly she's doing um Manuel then has a memory of spending the day with her sister at a like a at a, a race car event um and uh, the one of the drivers let her sister drive one of the cars uh it seems like a nice fun day after the ride uh, she remembers that her sister was telling emmanuel 
know that she should marry Marco, this guy who Emmanuel was dating at the time. I think the race car driver, in fact. Um, yes. So, yeah. So then we see Emmanuel. She drugs up Carlo again. To she's saying it's going to actually help him sleep because he's begging her not to, and she's saying it's actually gonna, this one will help him sleep. Later on, Emmanuel goes to check on him, and he's gone. He's not in the room. And then he pops up behind her and slashes her with a cleaver and just slash, slash, slash. It's like three, four minutes of just him slashing her with a cleaver. Like, body parts are flying everything, killing her. But, of course, it was just in his own little dream world. Uh, and, uh, the door opens after that, and she brings in some equipment, and that's our final clip. I'm going to put an end to this. I'm going to let you get away from here. Back to your sordid life. But with one difference. You'll never ruin a woman's existence again the way you ruined Francoise. Remember Francoise? Does that name mean anything to you? That poor girl lost her life for falling in love with you. You were so depraved. A man who was drunk with horrible perversions. You treated her like a piece of shit. You humiliated her, shamed her, exploited her. Even though you knew how fragile she was, how sensitive. She didn't have the strength to resist you, but she couldn't live without you. You made her kill herself. Look me in the face, Carlo. Do you know who I am? I'm the sister of Francoise, the only person to stand by her always and befriend her. You killed that wonderful girl, and now I'm going to see to it that you don't kill any more girls like her. You were completely conscious of just how much you were hurting Francoise. I've thought murdering you was the best way out. But no, you don't deserve such an easy way out. I'm giving you the worst punishment I know. The one you deserve. Your masculine prowess, which is so powerful and so pitiful. The thing you treasure more than anything in the world. That's how I'm going to punish you, Carlo. Castrated. You'll be totally impotent. It's ironical. Yes, it is. Because the orgies I put on were only for you. And they will always linger in your mind. But only to haunt you and torment you. Because you'll have no release. Now you're helpless, aren't you, Carlo? I'm going to crush you the same way you humiliated Francoise. When you're free, you can do what you like to me. I don't care. I'll have had my revenge, and that's all that matters to me. I've got no more reason left for living. I know what life is like. It's only misery, unhappiness, and tragedy. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, she's uh, she's ready to end some shit. Well, anyway, as she starts getting ready, he pushes her away, and he's able to get free. Um, they actually she, showed that he broke one of the locks free and has been hiding that fact for a yeah, while. She uh, tries to close the door, but he's able to escape before the door shuts. The lights go out, and then we get kind of a chase scene, cat and mouse thing. She does get out on her balcony, scream for help, and some people are like, hey, what's going on? Then she gets in. Uh, he has a cleaver. Uh, she thinks she's almost at the door. She gets to the door, but he gets there, and he kills her with the cleaver. So he kills Emmanuel with the cleaver. He hears the cops coming to the place, so he hides himself in the room without actually closing the door fully, so... But he's still hidden. Um, the investigators, everyone comes in. They start going through everything. Um, there's a photographer there taking pictures. Uh, everyone's kind of packing up. And one of the guys is like, hey, get all the pictures you can now. Because after we leave here, no one's going to be allowed back in here for the next, like, three weeks. And he looks and he sees, oh, look at these bloody fingerprints on this uh, lampshade. And he turns it. In turn, locking the secret room door shut. Carlos can't get out. He screams. 
seems that he doesn't want to die in there, but he's fucking going to roll credits. Do you think this was her plan the entire time? Like, he's going to be basically going to jail for her fucking murder. No one's going to believe a single thing that he says about what she did to him. Or he's going to go back into that room to hide and get locked in there forever. I don't think any way. of this was her plan. No? Uh, Here's what I think her plan was. Because uh-huh. no one knew she had him. I think one of the things you saw here was that as this movie goes, Emmanuel starts losing all enjoyment in life. Now the thing she did to quote-unquote torture Carlo worked. Even being in bed with that other guy who I actually think was that Marco, because uh, he called her sweetheart. I think they were dating. He no longer brought her joy. There's no more joy in the world now that her sister was dead. And how her sister had to live before she died really bothered Emmanuel. I think everything was kind of gone. That's why she said, I think at one point she didn't quite know what she was going to do with him. I think at one point maybe she thought, maybe I'll just stop delivering food and he'll just die in there. Maybe I will kill him whatever but then came up the idea she was like i'll just castrate him so he has to live the rest of his life like that and she even said i don't care what you do with me after i release you you know life's no longer worth living so i don't know what the beginning plan was but i know the end plan for her was she didn't really care she was just going to probably get killed he was going to kill her but she was going to castrate him first and then he'd probably be able to leave because no one knew he was there so so he could basically kill her and walk out and be gone yeah so basically her death really had no meaning at all there was no purpose to it. It was just random happenstance. And well, the only and reason think, that the only reason that he really got punished and or caught in any way, shape, or form was also just random happenstance by an obsessive photographer who had to straighten a lampshade. Yeah, well, because he saw bloody fingerprints on it. But this is, I mean, this is not how she wanted it to end. She wanted him to escape, have to live his life full, but always being, you know, with you know, always, always being a eunuch, pretty much. Um, it would be interesting though, like when he grabs a hold of her and like before the chase, if she basically tells him that, remember, you just woke up; it's already over. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That would have been a great way to end it. Yeah. yeah. Like, and he wakes up and he's in a hospital bed or some shit like that. Well, not even that. Like, where she or, just, or, he just, she already castrated him and he, she's basically letting him go now. So, like, it, oh, like, it would have been, re- yeah. That basically the reveal would have basically been like, yeah. even though she just died by his hand, it's yeah. already too late. And yeah, his, that's what I was thinking. Like, yeah. maybe like uh, he, uh, he, you know, he kills her. And then instead of the, when he goes into the room, he gets locked in, he leaves. He feels like he's escaped, except for he keeps like seeing her, and then that's when he wakes up and he did kill her, but she still castrated him first. <laughs> no, but in my in my scenario, he's still castrated, but he's hiding in the room, thinking he's going to be okay. But he's going to have to slowly bleed out while locked locked in that room, and no one will uh, ever find see, him. Uh, my favorite thing, but my thing is, I want him to live that long life she's talking about, but only castrated. So you know, there's just nothing left for him to ruin. You know, it, it, and he has to live his life like that. <laughs> I want. I would rather have seen that. But. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I could totally see that. I just I also think that's wanted to where die the torture horribly. part really comes in, but yeah. you know, everything kind of went awry. But yeah. I think her plan at, on that day when she woke up, looked at herself in the mirror, you know, she, you know, just, there's no one in the world that brings her joy anymore. She could really care less. I think she's ready to die. This was just going to be, she was going to castrate him. And then when she knew she was healed, he was healed from the castration. She was going to unlock him and pretty much just let him kill her because she didn't care it was just 
This is her last act before she, in a sense, commits suicide by him. And then he has to live the rest of his life castrated. Because Carlo is definitely too much of a coward to kill himself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would be a much better story than what we got, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. But they had to ruin it and, you know, all this other shit. But he'll still, he'll he'll die slowly of, you know, no water, no food. The dehydration. She's, she's right. That ain't a fun way to go. So. Yeah, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Hey, why don't we just yeah. quit talking about the movie? Fucking and, uh, We'll just move on and we'll do some PSYOP news and try and helpfully cheer some folks up with something funny. Let's do it. All right. We're going to take a little break right now. We're going to play Bikini Kill and White Boy. bunch of fucking snowflakes got real upset about that oh yeah (laughs) uh white boy bikini kill that song fucking rules and if you're on the main feed you have no idea what we're fucking talking about unless you go out and find it on the youtubes where you can get it yeah you ruined it for everyone (laughs) hey i want everybody to be able to enjoy the music however they can enjoy it i'm not going to pressure people to contribute to legion's patreon just because it helps us all out just to hear the music when they can find it elsewhere i'm fine with that Oh, there you go. <laughs> I'll be even more fine and everybody else all with me if you give us some psyop news. Robert in the field. Oh, man in the field Robert can always be counted on for an interesting article. Sometimes they're a bummer, sometimes they're not. Nebraska lawmaker apologizes for debunked litter box claim. <laughs> yeah. How, how uh, unproud are you to live in the same fucking state that this guy's I, I, a representative of? I've been unproud of living in the state for quite a while, actually. Lincoln, <laughs> Since Nebraska. I started living here, pretty much. Yeah, kinda. Uh, a Nebraska state lawmaker apologized on Monday after he publicly cited a persistent but debunked rumor alleging that schools are placing litter boxes in school bathrooms to accommodate children who self-identify as cats. And we're back to dicks. Because this Senator, guy's a huge dick. Senator Bruce Busselman, a conservative Republican, like we have any other kind in this fucking I got hell-o. Botox in my scrotum. Like bad cops, I don't think they come any other way. Yeah, repeated the false claim during a public televised debate on a bill intended to help school children who have behavioral problems. His comics quickly went viral, with one Twitter video garnering more than 300,000 views as of Monday afternoon. This is not the I am down. <laughs> Okay, so. And drew an 
onslaught of online criticism and ridicule. Musselman initially said he was shocked when he heard stories that children were dressing as cats and dogs while at school with claims that schools are accommodating them with litter boxes. He stated that they meow and they bark and they interact with their teachers in this fashion, he said during a legislative debate. And now schools are wanting to put litter boxes in the schools for these children to use. How is this sanitary, he asked. And you an idiot. Uh, uh, all of these clips, by the way. Thank you. You dipshit. <laughs> uh, the rumor, the rumor has persisted in a private Facebook group, Protect Nebraska Children, and also surfaced. Le- oh God, fucking it, it really! Isn't Protect, Protect Nebraska, Nebraska Children basically just a haven for white supremacists and shit? It's it's probably actually a haven for child predators. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, well, there's probably that too, which we have okay, way too okay. many of in here's, Nebraska. Here's 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 what here's what Protect Nebraska's children. This is what their group is involved in. One, uh, uh, soccer moms with nothing else to do in their lives, so they have to find something to be scared of. Two, actual child predators, and three, white nationalists. So, <laughs> and sometimes, and sometimes they're all three. So you actually kind of described the bulk of the population of Nebraska, though, at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, I really did. How sad is that? (laughs) Um, uh, So anyway, uh, okay, this rumor, uh, the rumor has persisted in a private Facebook group, Protect Nebraska Children, and also surfaced last month in an Iowa school district, forcing superintendent to write to parents that it was simply and emphatically not true. Didn't this start as like a fucking troll account that made shit up that tricked parents in Michigan? Don't you understand? The only thing you have to do to the right to make them believe anything is put something that's untrue in meme form, and they think it's true. <laughs> Apparently, if this fucking senator is going to speak with such authority about these horrific things that are happening without doing any fact checking at all and base it all on something that he saw in a lousy Facebook group, Jesus Christ, how can we not trick these? people into caring about their fellow man i don't know maybe we gotta that's the one thing it's like it's too much to have them care about their fellow man that's too much listen listen stop telling them the ways in which they're actually supposed to act to other people all right that's not what they're here for (laughs) lord knows they don't learn it in their fucking churches they keep going to that they fucking blather on about (laughs) all right anyway bosselman had said that he planned to discuss the issue with the ceo of the nebraska department of health and human services he also alleged that schools were not allowing kids to wear flags, but didn't give specific examples. You want to know why? Because there fucking aren't any. In 2016, Lincoln's public school district briefly asked students to not fly American flags for the vehicles after one flag was pulled from its holder, but school officials later apologized. So literally, they asked them maybe not to do it because there was vandals going around, and then they said, fine, fuck it, we don't care, because your parents are fucking, are concerned with the weirdest shit. Welcome to Nebraska. They're worried about a, f- anyway. <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> okay. This is story. There is nothing that you can change about this. Just make fun of the fact that you live here, man. Just just I, lean hard on that. That's all you've fucking got. Fucking hilarious when I look around. You know what though? The laughing is stopped. I'm sorry. I fuck no. I can't get. I'm going back to the story. Holy <laughs> shit! All right. The false claim that children who identify as cats are using litter boxes as 
and school bathrooms has spread across the internet since late, uh, since last December when a member of the public brought it up at a school board meeting for Midland Public Schools northwest of Detroit. Fucking Jesus Christ. Yeah, the I think there was, was a con- there was like a troll account that basically made people think that was the thing yeah. just to see if they could stoke up fake conservative outrage and it We worked. need you guys to stop trying to stoke fake conservative outcries because they take that shit way too seriously. <laughs> What's weird is uh, they're actually running with it as if it's a talking point of something that will fucking happen no matter how much they get called out on it. Yeah, yeah. And they never let go. Uh, the claim yeah, just look at the debunked- Pizzagate motherfuckers that still haven't let that go. Yeah, uh, you know, but totally ignoring the fact that most of the Trump-backed Republican senators are getting caught up in fucking sex trafficking. But yeah, you know what? Let's let's not pay attention to the real shit that's happening, you fucking asshats. <laughs> the claim was debunked by the district superintendent who issued a statement that said uh, that said there had never been litter boxes within MPS schools. Still, the baseless rumor has spread across the country and become fuel for political candidates amid the culture wars and legislative action involving gender identification at schools. Hours after his marks, Balsaman backtracked and acknowledged that the story wasn't true. He said he checked into the claims with State Senator Lynn Walls, a Democrat who leads the legislature's education committee and confirmed there were no such incidents. He checked with a Democrat because they were the most educated person he could find. Of course! Of course. <laughs> of course. Because <laughs> if he talked to any other Republicans, they all see what it goes. Yeah, I'm sure it's true. I personally heard it from uh, sister wife. They're the same person. <laughs> That's right. I don't give a fuck. I'm going there. Um, roll Tide. Roll Tide. <laughs> that was a well-placed Roll Tide, Court. Well done. <laughs> okay, see, now, doesn't it feel better when you start bagging on the yeah. state with which you're forced to live? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, we're corn huskers, all right? They're all husking each other's fucking cousins. All right, so anyway. Um, <laughs> some of this is a- going to have to get paired back. Some of this hatred yeah, is going to have to get it, paired yeah. back. No, you're not, you're not wrong. I'm sorry, all right? I probably should not have done this story. <laughs> not in the mood I'm in tonight. It's, it's a fucking weird, weird life I'm living. It's fun um, It's fun to listen to somebody else rage out when I'm in control. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's really an interesting experience. It's really, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so this is what it's like to be on the other side. Usually I'm the one sitting here in control. <laughs> yeah. This feeling that you have right now, remember yeah, that just... because this is what you stoke in me many times. Fuck Jesus. All right. Yeah, no wonder it's so much fun for me. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's why I keep going. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, so, all right. Uh, he stated that it was just something I felt that if this was really happening, we needed to address it and address it quickly, he said. <laughs> what a way to backtrack where he's like, look, I don't, I admit that I got fooled, but if this were real, I should have taken it as seriously as I did. Well, yeah, duh, yeah, yeah. Duh. Nobody wants kids no, shitting no in litter boxes. Say, no one can ever just say, never once anybody could just say, yeah, I was wrong. <laughs> they, they always qualify it. There's no such thing as real apologies anymore, because now it's all just become constant. I'm sorry you all feel this way. <laughs> if an apology continues with the word but, yeah. it's not an apology anymore, because everything before the word but does not matter to that, pers- that or person if at the all. Apo- or, uh, 
or after the I'm sorry is followed with if, it doesn't count. Yes. You can't follow with if, because it's always, I'm sorry if you were offended. I'm sorry if you were hurt. I'm sorry if I stole all your money. You see, none of that really makes any fucking sense. (laughs) (laughs) The if is sometimes used by some people that don't realize that it has that connotation. And what they're trying to say is, if you were hurt, I am sorry. Because that was not my intention, but it just comes out with as yeah. I'm sorry well, you better, if you were hurt. You know what I mean? You better add in. You better add. A, you know what? It's too hard to remember to add in the uh, that wasn't my intention. Just say I'm sorry I hurt you. I didn't mean to do that. Sounds even better. See, look at that. I just fucking fixed it. <laughs> or I'm sorry I didn't realize that would hurt you. Yeah. Or I'm sorry if I called most of the conservatives in this state cousin fuckers. I didn't realize saying actual facts would hurt you. (laughs) See, now I have to leave it all in. (laughs) Well, the fear over public school restrooms comes as a growing number of conservative states seek laws to ban transgender students from using bathrooms that match their gender identity. That's the fucking news article. Fuck conservative lawmakers. They're all a bunch of fucking... Big pharma dick blowing suck bags. Uh, quick question for you. Mm-hmm. Did you mean to pronounce the word fervor as furor? Because it sounded like you did. Oh, no, I didn't mean to do that at all. That just mixed that one up. <laughs> I mean, it's Nebraska, so I mean. It's a, I mean, listen, it's conservatives. So, uh, you know, they love their furs. <laughs> they love their fervors and their furors over there at the GOP. And their furries, too. I bet they. I bet, I bet. it's loaded fury talk, furry talk there. Just saying. <laughs> then why are they getting so upset about the litter boxes? You think they'd be down? Uh, because they have to rail against everything they're into. I just don't understand the type of person that sees a meme or a bullshit article like in Babylon B or wherever they're getting this bullshit from that it got started. Or even like a blog post where someone puts stuff like that. I just don't see where you don't like investigate that or at least like ask someone that maybe works at the school if this shit is actually happening before you go hog wild crazy. Like Because... Because for these people, anything that at all represents change, unfortunately, from what they had in their childhood, or because they have idolized and hero-worshipped their mommy and daddy so much, anything that goes against their mommy and daddy's day, it's it's got to be bad. No matter what, it's bad. And then you get to add in, well, God says it's bad in these imaginary verses in the Bible that don't actually mean anything of what you think it means, but we're just going to interpret that that way anyway just because it's been written and rewritten and rewritten and rewritten in three over dead languages yeah apparently it knows everything fuck off <laughs> god why do you do this to me because <laughs> uh, we need to fill showtime and i'm just enjoying how angry you are and how at peace i feel right now <laughs> Fucking kids, people. Leave them the fucking load. It's hard enough. I just, okay, I just don't understand that it's just, it has to be the draw to want to just be outraged at this new thing. Like, that that basically, like, how much more tolerant do I have to be? How much more do I have to accept? So they just keep coming up with a goalpost that they think we're trying to push. And yeah. it's, it's basically the same folks that do the, well, I'm just asking questions. And then the questions are always like, well, where does it stop? When do you have to stop giving rights to people? You know, like, who do I have to not be able to exclude for whatever reason that I may want to? You know what they I mean? Need like, that's basically what those questions are. Yeah, well, everything, it's the nature of oppositional politics. And the reason that, that conservatives are set up that way is because it's the only way that they're going to be able to keep the working class down is by pinning them against themselves and saying, well, those star belly sneeches over there are super special 
because they feel like they don't have to succumb to what we consider this gender role because that's the new bad boogeyman where it used to be a racial divide. They can't pull that as much, although they're still fucking trying now. Oh, they're still trying to do that too. Uh, I mean, trust me. It's, it's, it's super fucking regressive and it's really fucking dangerous and it's really fucking scary. The amount of bullshit outrage that can be instantly manufactured without even knowing what's going on in the just in all of this, you know, like I just, Jesus, people take a fucking breath just because you read it on a fucking photograph that had text on it. Doesn't mean it's true. Confirm it with a reliable news source, which basically would be like Reuters or something that's AP news for fuck's sakes. Jesus, make sure it's not something swaying like a Fox or an MSNBC stick with like a Reuters or NPR or something like that. Right. And just fucking chill the fuck out and make sure you have the facts before you fucking react with a lot of that shit. Yeah. Well, they never will. So, I mean, I don't know what, who you're talking to there. They didn't listen to you. All they see, it, well, first of all, they, they see you and they think, well, maybe he's one of us until you start speaking. And then. <laughs> I hate well, that. I hate that I yeah. look like I'm the problem. I hate that, that yeah. my look has been usurped agree, by these dude, insurrectionist fuckheads. Dude, I hate all, that. The thing, all the things I'm into are all heavy conservative filled things. All my hobbies, everything I really enjoy, except for this show. That's it. That's all I have that I know isn't infiltrated by fucking conservative people as well. <laughs> yeah, because you even like golf and football and I, it's, I everything's like, uh, awful yeah, for I like, you. Or, number one, I love sports and that's, that's, I mean, at least somewhat that's kind of improving and getting leveled out. Now, unfortunately though, if I go watch it anywhere, I'm still in Nebraska, so fuck me. Right. Uh, but you're right. I'm, I love playing golf. Unfortunately, that's very heavily, heavily conservative. I love a good cigar every now and then and I have a cigar bar that I go to. Unfortunately, that's a heavily conservative thing. Just is. I'm into barbecue. Unfortunately, again, heavy conservative thing because of where it comes out of. I just, it fucking sucks, but it is what it is. It's my life. (laughs) Whereas I, on the other hand, have pursuits that fit my uh, social needs. A lot better. <laughs> your, your social beliefs. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you do. Yeah. And that's, yeah, very much so. And I, I, I fucking applaud you for it. <laughs> See, it makes me wish that you wouldn't have ghosted Darren for over a fucking year because you could have been like expounding on this stuff and just going fucking nuts and he would have let you maybe, go. Maybe though it's, maybe it's better that I don't, I don't know. I could get myself into trouble, I think. I <laughs> fucking, I go blank and all of a sudden I don't like, like the last 10 minutes. I'm not even so sure what I said about some people, but I know it's probably not the best. Well, I can promise you that I will cut out all of the death threats and all the, uh, you should die by a fire and you should die by a fire of people you all right, were naming thank you. I see what, I'm, see what I'm talking about, but I don't know if anybody else would do that for me, so. <laughs> well, I could tell you that Darren wouldn't after you ghosted his ass for over a year. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's also true. <laughs> Sorry, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sorry, everybody all around, that this show was such a bummer. But we've got two more episodes but, after this before we hit the 350 like, and the full all franchise be Sexual assault movies, so we should be pretty good the next few weeks. Come on, I am going to knowingly try to avoid all sexual assault movies from here on yeah, out. Let's man. let's let's make some things just fun. All right, <laughs> I, we we kind of already did the sexual assault movies. You know, like I spit on your grave, all that shit. I don't think we have to do them anymore. <laughs> I know your tolerance for them is going way down as their quality well, also decreases. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and also there's not anything more any of those other movies could say that we haven't already seen. 
That's fair. Let's just end the fucking show so we can stop talking about it. Let's fucking go, all right? If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcast, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found. Seven-year bitch for those of you listening on the Pirate Radio edit, and that's the name of the band, man. I didn't name them, that's just their name. And the name of the song is Dead Men Don't Rape, so it's definitely an anti-rape song. Good. (laughs) And and, and they're exactly right. (laughs) So the music themes are also anti-rape, anti-abuse, and anti- oh, let's just say objectifying of women as far as O Bondage Up Yours goes, but also just basically keeping a woman prisoner as well, I suppose. So I'm trying my best to counterbalance the tale with the music that we had for this week for those of you on the Pirate Radio edit. I I hope it works, and I'm very, very sorry about the content with which we have reviewed this film. Hopefully we at least did something okay. I mean, (laughs) buy it. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and for those of you that are worried about whether or not you got a death threat from Matt, you'll have to contact him directly on that on whether or not you deserve one. Yeah, well, if I ghost to Darren, someone who I actually enjoy, what do you think I'll do to those fuckwads? (laughs) You ignore the shit out of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Straighten up blocking. If you'd like to find other instances where we have referenced the ghosting and abuse of Darren that Matt has done, that's available at legionpodcast.com oh, wait, wait, forward slash cinema dash psyops dash podcast because I got abuse on the mind and I'm sorry. That is God our damn. main landing and launching page for all of the horrid things that Matt may or may not have done to Darren over the years. What? Wait, what? <laughs> 
I just, I just ghosted him, man. That's still pretty bad. Let's settle it down. Well, if you feel like I should settle it down and cheer everybody up, then you should definitely check out our Instagram feed. That's the meme repository, cinema underscore psyops. The fresh memes. <laughs> well, freshly Funny. stolen by really, me really and stored in my phone people, until I'm sharing them, I suppose. <laughs> and then once those semi-fresh memes are supplied to you, they are then shipped off to my Twitter feed, at court underscore psyop, where I'm not very active other than doing that, occasionally tweeting about an episode and following the porn bots for my own enjoyment in life. Mm-hmm. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Speaking of other things that get the memes shipped to them, our Facebook group then gets it immediately after that. Cinema Psyops, as well as my main feed, Court Psyops. I'm sorry, I'm still thinking about porn bots. Keep going. <laughs> well, <laughs> I got nothing to really add on to that. Yeah, so, nothing to add on? Yeah, if you have uh, some negative things to say or if you are a conservative listener of this show that would like to bitch at somebody and you off. feel like they need to listen, your dissertation could be sent to cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com. <laughs> or you could just fuck off. You could do that too. We don't have to hear from you or your shit opinions and takes. You can just fuck right off, and we'll be fine, too. Okay, but if they're a listener of the show, they're probably not going to have a shit opinion. I, a, I don't think so. I mean, I don't, I don't think we're going to have a lot of conservatives who listen to this show, man. <laughs> I'm just saying, if there is one, you are some kind of masochist. <laughs> <laughs> well, while you're out there feeling bad about yourself for oppressing women for decades <laughs> and pushing racism and all of that other stuff because you're part of the Christian and conservative agenda, I guess stop that and then kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bit. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yeah. All right, start recording on your side. I am recording. One, two, three. All right, excellent. And can you hear this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's a start. Uh, how's your waveform looking? Looking good. Everything's right. And we already talked that we know for sure that we're covering Emmanuel and Francosa. Yes. I believe that's how it's pronounced. I have really no fucking clue. So. Uh, uh, Francois? Francois? Yeah, sure. <laughs> if it's French, I ain't trying to pronounce it. I got E and F. That's what I got. <laughs> I pronounced it freedom. <laughs> I pronounce it Freedom, motherfuckers! We're in America! That felt gross. It was gross. It was real gross, and that's where so, we're gonna start a show. Let me tell you something that you should have already realized by now. <laughs> With the joy that of editing, it's just where it ends up at the end of the show. This shit is supposed to be <laughs> Maybe you want to look at it in, in a nice way. Maybe it's like, d- they don't end their fight to be... <sighs> fuck, I know. I, there's no way I can even do that. Nope. Fuck it. Never mind. I don't know. I don't know what they're fucking talking about. There is no way to retcon a no. Bruno Mattei written film to make it comfortable for the rest of the world, man. You just can't fucking do it. You can't. Yeah, there's just... It's... It's... It's hard. Um, 
really, really unsettling. Well, it shouldn't be while you're talking about this movie. You're you son of a bitch. You know that, right? <laughs> also clip. Yeah. <laughs> you're the, you're just the worst kind of person. So anyway. <laughs> you're just mad I jumped on that joke before you did. Yeah, that's the biggest problem I got. Uh, there's a girl who's just dancing, and she decides to remove her top. She does this of her own free will. So, thank you, movie. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Never happens. That's not real life. So, um... I mean, I've seen it happen at a show once. Oh, well, yeah, at a show. Yeah, that's different. No, no, I mean, it was like a band show, and a girl just got up on stage and ripped her top off. Yeah, it's still different. It's very different than a nightclub. <laughs> um, the show, there's different energy. Different energy. <laughs> um, I mean, a nightclub is a nightclub, man. I mean, you know. Well, I mean... I don't even know what a nightclub is anymore, right? I'm fucking old, man. <laughs> Apparently, so, a nightclub for you is a place where a lady would never take her top off under any circumstances, which means it's somewhere in Wisconsin. I mean, it, it's just nobody will do anything. We stand around you drink for a little bit. That's what I remember. Can I just say all the male full frontal nudity in this film did make me feel better about myself, but also the fact that I thought of that made me feel awful while I'm yeah, watching the movie. Yeah, I mean, uh, you're putting a lot of thought into it. I'm very worried about my inadequacies, Matt. Who is in court? I'm worried about him, too. Um, <laughs> about mine or yours? Yeah. So anyway. Same. Same. All of them. I'm worried about all of them, court. <laughs> I don't know what to do anymore. Um, this crippling anxiety is killing me inside. <laughs> and I do something about it, but then I have an anxiety about going to the doctor, and that just doubled up the anxieties. You know what? I think it's just bad if I just sit here in this goddamn bunker and die. Um, if anybody needs me, I'll be behind the furnace weeping. <laughs> right. Stop that and then kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch. Where else are we going to go? <laughs> I guess we're just like telling all of the conservative people in the audience to fuck off finally. Is that what we're doing? Uh, I don't know, man. I'm kind of done with a lot of conservative people in my life. So Apparently. I mean. <laughs> I've, uh, I've ran the gambit and I've, I've been found uh, that I, I just, the, my patience is gone. <laughs> And lo, you look upon the field with which your fucks have been grown and find that it is barren. It is barren. Not only that, I poured salt on that motherfucker. Nothing will grow again. Are you still <laughs> recording? Yeah, I'm done. And it's over.